and welcome to Adopted Feels, a podcast about anything and everything adoption related. With Hannah and Ryan. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So we're still here together in Melbourne and it's a new year and a new decade. So scary. How was 2019 for you, (laughs) Ryan? On the whole, I think it was good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You sound surprised. No, only because I feel like on social media and stuff, a lot of people have been like, it was a shit year. And my my sister says it's because, like, uh, is it Mercury or something (laughs) was in retrograde? (laughs) (laughs) So apparently, yeah, it was a shit year for a lot of people. So that's why I'm like, you know. There were part. There were definitely difficult parts and shitty parts, but I think like a lot of stuff happened that was good. Yeah. And managed to like kick my butt into gear and like completed some things that have been hanging over me for a really long time, like work-wise. Mm. So I'll take that as a win. But but yeah. 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 And dare I say like. How was your last decade? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even think back that far. I guess, like, most of it I spent in school, actually. Oh, with your PhD and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank God that's over. Um. <laughs> I feel like one year, let alone, like, an entire decade, is a long time to reflect on, actually. Totally. Like, I can't even really remember what happened in the first half of 2019. Like, when I think back on 2019, it's all, like, the end of the year. Or it's all, like, from, like, July, and I think that's, like, when I met my birth mother. Then I feel like then all these, like, big, intense things were happening. Whereas, like, the first half of the year, I'm like, "Mm, where was I? What was I doing? What about you? You had a massive year. Um, yeah, I feel like 2019 was, like, a rough sea of a year. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like um what do they say like a, a a smooth sea never a skilled sailor did make or something like that <laughs> so i guess that's true but anyway so, so you've come out of it a, a skilled sailor well i've come out of it um a tired sailor <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm hoping that 2020 is like by contrast like a turtle race like, <laughs> the turtle and the hair. I would like to be just, like, the turtle, like, quietly, um... What do t- turtles do? Do they... Is there a word for the way a turtle walks? <laughs> is they, there a like, special they word? They along? I don't know. Yeah, well, so I, I don't know what they do, but I would just... Yeah, I'd like to just gently inch along um, throughout the next year. So actually, 2020 is the year of the rat in the Chinese zodiac, uh-huh. which is my year. I'm a oh, rat. Yeah. But so I oh, assumed no. that means it was going to be like a your year. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. my <laughs> time to shine or whatever. And then I was like, just yeah, googling like you know the year of the rat for a rat, and, um, <laughs> and I found these like websites that were saying like. That ironically, in the Chinese zodiac, when it's your year, it's usually a tough year. And I was like, God damn it! Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Oh no. <laughs>
Oh, I feel like I should have prepared my metaphors before before we talked today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I had some time to reflect on my um, on my year because um, I do this like written reflective exercise for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because actually, this this whole thing was um, it was initially like kind of inspired by a friend, another adoptee friend, who told me that. Every year, she she likes to spend New Year's Eve, like, alone at home, like, doing some kind of, like, mysterious reflective stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh-huh. She told me, like, this a few years ago, and I was like, what? You, like, like, why would you spend New Year's Eve in that way? But actually, yeah, she really likes to do that. And I think um, there's definitely value in, yeah, in reflecting on New Year. So I do this thing that came, f- that I found, like, on... Uh, a website a few years ago. It's the website of an artist called uh, Kelly Ray Roberts, an American artist, and she also happens to be an adoptee. Uh huh. But actually, she just doesn't really talk about that on her oh. website. So that's like that's like by the by. Anyway, so the first question is, in case this is interesting for anyone, but so yeah, the first question is, what do you want to acknowledge for yourself in regard to 2019? So what did you create? What challenges did you face with courage and strength? What promises did you keep to yourself? What brave choices did you make? Oh my God. What are you proud of, right? The second question is, what is there to grieve about 2019? What was disappointing? What was scary? What was hard? What can you forgive yourself for? So two very big questions. And then the third step is, what else do you need to say about the year to declare it complete? The next step is to say out loud, I declare 2019 complete. And how do you feel? If you don't feel quite right, there might be one more thing to say. So it's like, yeah, so you, you say this thing out loud and then you see, you check in to see if there's anything else to add. So, so yeah. like, like, so you feel like there's closure on 2019. Yes. You say something. What do you, like what? So you literally say, I declare 2019 complete. Oh, like that's it. Out loud. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. I thought you had to be like, I tie up this loose thread (laughs) and then I can say that. Okay, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. So actually, um, when I do this written reflection, it takes me like at least an hour. Well, it sounds pretty heavy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, lengthy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Have you completed it? For 2019? Um, I, to be honest, I think I got <laughs> I got kind of stuck on the second question about what is there to grieve. I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I didn't get to the third part about like declaring the year complete. Right. But um, Did you feel like it was harder to complete the questions in 2019 than 2018? Maybe a little bit. It was a big year with like travel and moving to Korea and... Lots of big decisions. Yeah, and some like shifts with my birth family and yeah Mm. that's really commendable that you like go through this whole reflective process because i think most people like yeah i'm just gonna like try and quit smoking and then like that's it for their like (laughs) resolutions or you know i think maybe like particularly like it's good to both acknowledge your um achievements i think for the previous year and i think it's also good to yeah, come to some sense of closure, particularly if it was a difficult year, right? Mm. 
Yeah. I think so.、Mm. I feel like I'm the kind of person that would find it easier to like, look to the future to be like, oh, this is what I'm going to do better,、mm. or、um, these are things I want to achieve, or the kind of person I want to be. And I don't take as much time to think about the achievements.、Mm-hmm. I feel like、mm. New Year's is usually about what you want to do next, less about affirming the shit you've already done. So I feel like that's, that's a good、mm-hmm. exercise. Like, New Year's resolutions are always kind of like set up to fail, though, right? I mean, that whole, like, I mean, the whole like, New Year, New Me is such a. It's, it's just kind of like a, an illusion. It's, yeah. it's not an. It, yeah, it's not a new you, it's just like another day. <laughs> <Right> . Yeah. I mean, I think that's why, like, in the last episode, I was saying that New Year's feels like a lot of pressure,、mm. perhaps more than other holidays. Yeah, because of that.、Um, we're restarting the clock, and you get another go, and, like,、mm. let's see how much you produce this time around. So, having said that, though, do you have any New Year's resolutions or goals <laughs> or. Um, I think I want to be more patient with myself.、Hmm. I feel like that would be a caring thing to do for myself and to just accept that sometimes things just take the time that they take. I think part of what made 2019 even more intense is things like meeting my birth mother. I feel like I didn't really, I don't know, just let myself sit with what that was like. It was like, I came back to Melbourne, then I went、mm. to the States,、um, and then I was like, involved in all these other things and other tasks, and I kind of just kept pushing that off and like, ignoring it.、Um, I, I don't know, because it's scarier to just sit with it instead of just being like, oh, this is something that I've wanted for a long time, and just treat it like a task, like, oh, I've done it now. And,、mm. you know, like, that sounds really callous. I don't mean it to sound like that. Yeah.、Um, yeah, I think. Being a bit more patient with myself will let me identify and acknowledge how I feel about things more and how things might have changed or how I might have grown out of certain situations. So, do you just do you get the sense that, that there is like a lot to, still there to process after that meeting that you haven't had the time or space to do?、Um, I feel like I've done a bit of that work by now. I think in、yeah. the immediate. Aftermath, I just couldn't really give myself the space and time to do that.、Mm. Um, I think probably what I'm dealing with more now is what happens after the first meeting,、um, which we've talked、yeah. about a lot. But, yeah. But yeah, like those feelings of still feeling like, oh, maybe she doesn't want to know me or she doesn't want a relationship or how do I develop something if the other person. Doesn't seem、uh, to be as actively pursuing it、um, mm. and trying not to feel hurt by that, you know, so all of that sort of stuff、yeah. um, is probably more where I'm at now. So, do you think, like, if you were going to set a word for the year, your word might be、oh. <laughs> patience? <laughs> uh, I guess so. I mean, actually, I think. It's not one word, but I would like to be less scared to do things and to put myself out there. That's a sentence, not a word.、So、like <laughs> courage? Yeah,、Or、but courage seems a bit too like, seems like a strange word to use. You know? Audacity? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, like 2019 was the first time that I spoke on a non-academic panel, which scared the crap out of me. And I did that, and so I'm proud of that. Mm. Um, I'm pretty proud of this podcast. I'm pretty proud of, like, just, like, talking yeah. random <laughs> crap and just, like, minimally editing it and putting it out into the world and not, you know, cowering under my blanket um, for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, things like... I guess being a bit less reserved and putting myself out there more in terms of like doing more non-academic writing and mm-hmm. feeling like that that is something that I'm willing to try mm-hmm. um, even though it really scares me. I recently signed up to be like a mentor for like another queer and trans person. So like oh, cool. just things, yeah. you know, where you like actually yeah, there are these, you know, I do want more community. I do want to pursue these other th- creative things and to try and, like, hold myself back a bit less from just giving it a go. Yeah. So, I don't know courage is the right word, but, like, less fear, I guess. Or, like, not letting fear kind of stop yeah. me from yeah. doing things. I hope that'll be my 2020. What about cool. you? Oh! <laughs> uh... I vaguely thought that I might try to run a half marathon. Yes. I don't know. (laughs) Just because I feel like it helps, like, with anything to have a goal rather than just, like, to have a specific goal sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have some, like, personal goals. Um, Like, one of them, as we discussed, I think, in our last episode, is to... Um, be more clear with like my interpersonal boundaries and communication. Uh-huh. Not entirely sure how, like the mechanics of it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully I'll figure that out with my therapist. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, every year I'm like, I'm going to spend less money on food and like meal and like start doing like meal prep. But then the idea of meal prep actually also really, like, bores and depresses me. (laughs) Um, I'm also excited for my parents to visit Korea for the first time since I was adopted. So they'll visit me. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. For some reason, I thought they'd... No. Um, They were planning to at one point, but then my my mom was ill and then, Mm. yeah. But your sister's been... But yes, my sister's already visited me like two years ago. Yeah, so that will be uh, interesting and probably like nerve wracking and they'll meet my birth family and like blah, 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 you know, all that. So this is also our um, 2019 wrap up episode. So we wanted to talk a little bit about what it's been like doing this podcast and what we've learned and just how Hannah has managed to put up with me for this long, <laughs> over six months. It's it's quite an achievement. Um, how have you found doing the podcast? Well, before I answer that question, actually, I was thinking the other day, I'm no joke, <laughs> that you are like actually... Like, not annoying at all. <laughs> like, I, you're like, what, like, I think, a very, very non-annoying person. <laughs> I know that's bizarre, but I was actually thinking about that the other day. I don't know why. 
Oh, it could be the nicest thing anyone's <laughs> ever said about me. <laughs> have you have you heard that before in some way? <laughs> no. Believe it or not, this is the first time I've been told that. <laughs> I'm gonna print that out and frame that. <laughs> but I think maybe it's like it's part of being maybe very considerate and sensitive to other people. And maybe it's it's kind of like a it, result of that. It could also be your high tolerance. No, but I... annoyance. No, but it's... In fact, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've really... Yeah, I really enjoyed having the quote-unquote excuse to catch up with you every yeah. fortnight. And to be honest, I thought we would run out of topics, like like months ago so I'm like pleasantly surprised that we still have things (laughs) to say about being an adoptee um and I feel really um I guess I like yeah I feel really honored to like have interviewed the people that we interviewed yeah definitely Um, they were all they are all like amazing and um were really generous about their experiences and opinions and it was like an absolute pleasure (laughs) absolute pleasure to meet them um as well so sad that i couldn't be there for every interview so i know that you you did a few in korea when i wasn't there um but i did get to meet most of the people we interviewed and yeah they're all amazing lovely people so that was one of the huge positives for me yeah and every time like we heard from someone um yeah, someone emailed us or messaged us or we, like, you know, ran into listeners at the gathering and that kind of thing. That was really nice, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, actually, um, it's often when when I push myself to be more honest about my experiences, I feel like that's often when we we get the response from, um, from individuals. Mm. saying like oh yeah you know i relate to that or like that resonated with me yeah 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 so it's really cool that at least for the two of us the podcast has been the space that we wanted it to be i think you know like we wanted it to be something like a a forum or venue or whatever for us to talk pretty openly and honestly about random stuff related to um being adopted and yeah, really, really cool to hear that it resonates with some people. And on the uh, topic of topics, if anyone... <laughs> we are actually running out of topics. <laughs> so please do send us themes or even just, like, questions that you want you want us to, like, respond to yeah. or things we could delve into a bit more or expand on. Yeah, like, if you're curious about certain things about, like, living in Korea, um, or because we both may be there in the future (laughs) together. Um, yeah. And thank you to those of you who have already, like, made suggestions. Um, they are in the works. Ryan, do you think you had any, like, um, favorite interviews or favorite moments interviewing (laughs) people? (laughs) Well, sadly, I wasn't there for some of the interviews. I really enjoyed all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I will say that with um, Elena Kim and Kim Stoker, 
I was so, so nervous. Uh, and yeah. totally fanboying. <laughs> and uh, prob- they both probably realized that because I was... You didn't sound nervous at all. I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's probably the Valium. No, I'm joking. Um, I was nervous interviewing Hilbrandt too. Yeah? Yeah. That was a really good episode. I think you can hear it. I think I sound nervous. Really? I think I sound overly polite. Anyway. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the the interviews that we got to do together, which were a bit more rare. So the one with Jaron and the one with Matt yeah. and Mark, um, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, and hopefully and we can do more in the future. Yes. Where we're, we're we're interviewing people together. Jaron was super inspiring too. Yes. Yeah. She's, like she's so passionate about her work, and basically, she, I feel like she pretty much interviewed herself <laughs> you know she's just um she spoke so clearly with such such conviction about her work and so yeah we can't even like claim that in any part basically well <laughs> it was also really inspiring to hear like about her personal path to social work and and to academia mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely were there any standout moments for you other, other than that? I really enjoyed interviewing my friend Alison because I feel like she was so honest and so eloquent about like about what is a difficult experience in, in long-term um, unsuccessful birth family search. Mm. Yeah. And that was a really uh, important perspective that she offered. Yeah. yeah. I've enjoyed all of them, actually. Yeah, it's always fun. It's it's been really um, a privilege to interview people. Yeah. So looking ahead to twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, anything? Any big things on the horizon for you? Well, actually, I was thinking. I was like reflecting that twenty twenty will be my ten year anniversary of returning to Korea for the first time. Um, so, yeah, in 2010, I did the goal first trip home and I met my birth family and and then that started, like, this whole journey of, like, exploration into Korean stuff and, like, the adoptee community and, you know, then I commenced regular visits back to Korea and then I moved to Korea and then I came back and then I moved to Korea again. And <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, in some ways, and I don't know if whether this is like some kind of, um, this is partly some kind of self-critical pressure or something, but I feel like this coming year, I I feel like I should close this chapter in some ways. Oh. I know, which, <laughs> I just feel like um, it's been such a decade of exploring adoption stuff and Korea stuff Mm -hmm. and because I don't see a long-term future for myself in Korea for better or worse I feel like in some ways I should if possible try and reach some sense of some sense of closure and resolution Mm. with Korea by the end of this year (laughs) I don't know do you think that's it's maybe it's not really something you can control like that I have no idea but I mean that's a as an aside, a really interesting topic for a future episode. How do you decide when your time is done? Um, yeah, actually, I thought it was really interesting because I was listening to um, Q 
Kim Thompson's interview um, by Kaomi Getz on the Adapted podcast. And I've never met Kim, but she's very articulate. And she was saying that after eight years of living in Korea, or maybe around like, you know, say the six year mark, she just felt this sense of like, it's time. Mm. And she said that, oh, she, I can't remember exactly, but she felt it like even in, um, like in the air or something. I don't know. I don't want to misquote her, but she, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, so you think you'll, you'll, you'll know when the time has sort of arrived? Well, I actually, I guess I'm like putting my own limit on it. Like yeah. I'm not waiting for the, cause I'm like, how much fucking time am I going to need? Like I kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel that I need to like impose my own limit in a way. Mm. Um, because I know that in some ways, living in Korea is spinning my wheels a little. Mm-hmm. I know that in some ways, um, I would have to invest a lot of time to, um, to make progress in Korea, if, if that makes sense, without getting into it too much, I guess. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not willing to do that, I guess I'm, in, I'm imposing my own external limit on, on how long I think I should live there. Because there's always, a, there is like a certain cost, say professionally or personally or whatever. In some ways it, it feels like, I don't know, putting off other things like back in Australia. Right. Yeah. So certain things are on hold over here. I think so. I think there's, I mean, that's just, yeah, I don't know. There, look, there are pros and cons living anywhere. and um, <laughs> This is true. Yeah, certain things that... Um, are I think harder to like achieve and like progress with in Korea compared to like your adoptive country. Yeah. Mm. So what about you? Well, I was first. I was. I was gonna say that I hope. Yeah, that I hope twenty twenty is what you want it to be and is what you need it to be, and mm. um, that I don't know if it's ever gonna feel right per se. Like like you said, you gotta externally impose that time limit, but. Um, I hope that you can get that sort of closure or completion that, that you want. Yeah. I think there will always be this sense, right, um, of feeling a little torn between two countries, right, and, to, and two communities. And, you know, this is not an adoptee-specific thing by yeah. any means. Um, I always wanted to leave Korea when I felt ready and, you know, on my own terms, but yeah, but I also recognize that I think that there is like a certain cost or certain sacrifices that I would be making to to truly just stay in Korea until I felt ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. And you know, sometimes I miss like cheese. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Well, 2020 is actually 20 years, two decades, uh, <laughs> since the time I moved to Seoul to start ninth grade, which is now telling everyone how old I am. Uh, <laughs> and actually, um, for the first half of 2020, I'm actually going to be in Korea. Yay! Yay! Um, I mean, I obviously didn't plan it to be two decades later, but... Um, but yeah, I'm excited about being being back there. I'm I'm gonna be there for four months, 
Um, so I think that's a nice length of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not an extended stay, so it's not going to feel like I'm like moving, moving there. But it'll be interesting to see how and why it feels different. Um, obviously, I'm a lot older now, and things have changed a lot. But um, I'm excited about having that time to also reflect on on that. Yeah, so I'll be there doing research for four months. Um, really excited at the opportunity to do research on adoption, um, which is a bit of a dream. And yeah, looking forward to meeting meeting people and going to events and checking out academic stuff and non-academic stuff and um, just enjoying being there for, for an extended time. I think it's really nice, like, the way the timing worked out really nicely, I think, actually, that I'm, like, living there and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we can, like... I don't know. It's good for the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, just before we end, we have a request for any adoptees that identify as LGBTIQ+. Um, if you could head to tinyurl.com forward slash adoptee survey, there's a survey going around run by Jay, who is a queer and trans Korean adoptee who's working with an adoptee organization to create a post-adoption services resource guide and database for LGBTIQ plus adoptees. So they want to make sure that this project addresses the needs and interests of those adoptees in a user-friendly and accessible way. So if you do identify as such, please head to that survey um, and help make sure that the the resources guide is designed in a way that speaks to your interests and needs. So again, that's tinyurl.com forward slash adoptee survey. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Adopted Feels Podcast or Twitter at Adopted Feels. And you can also um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Actually, by the way, I realized that our ratings and reviews are completely different on like depending on like whether it's Apple, Australia, US, Korea. Oh. Yeah. Do you know we've got some like zero out of five reviews on Apple Korea podcasts? <gasps> I'm so cut. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> like on like um, Apple Australia we have like like perfect five star reviews. Thank you, Australian listeners. Thank you. But I don't know, yeah, on Apple Korea, we have some, like, very mixed reviews. It's okay. Oh, that makes me so sad. Oh, really? Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and on that note, if you really really want to support us, you can also become a patron by going to uh, www.patreon.com slash adoptedfeels. Thank you, and happy 2020. Yeah, happy new year, everyone. Do you have a word for your... For oh. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if we figured out what that word was for, like, a turtle's walk, maybe it could be that. <laughs> That's a word. Yeah, like... Inch forward slowly and gently. I don't know. (laughs) Self preservation. (laughs) They're not very inspiring words. Um, Yeah. So I don't really have a word. word, But um, 
it's probably like a grace period of a, of a week or so. It might come to me in the next couple of days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is, what is time anyway? 